station, but we're here for a real education. Dee, 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 dee. Welcome to A Real Education. I am your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Militia Kersher, the ocean of movie knowledge person. Hi. And Jenny Young, the puddle of movie. I was having a hard time coming up with one for today. The, the, the slow drip faucet. The, the, the Chinese water torture of movie, movie knowledge. <laughs> I, I, I was watching your face as you were doing the intro, and I could I could see the gears turning. Like, oh shit, I don't have one yet. <laughs> yes, that, that I will not lie. But uh, but I feel pretty good about what I came with uh, up with. So let's move yeah. on. Okay. Um, okay. So, so we are here today to watch Mystery of the Wax Museum, yes. and as always, Yay. what we do at the beginning of our show is we check in with Jenna to find out what she knows about Mystery of the Wax Museum. I I believe this is a mystery. That involves a wax museum. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Shooting pretty straight on this one. I also believe that the two of you have discussed this movie around me, but I didn't listen to anything that you were saying. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have brought up this movie. That's probably true. In a previous episode in reference uh, to... uh, a, a real education actor of one of our favorites, uh, Vincent Price. Yes. Oh, yay! Uh, mm-hmm. Except he's not in this movie. Nope. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, but, well, now uh, I'm sad. He is in the remake. Why would you do that, Tim? He is in the remake. He is in the remake is... of Mystery okay. of the Wax yeah. Museum. Yes. Uh, and uh, this this film, the interesting thing about this movie, yeah, Melissa and I uh, both saw it for the first time together. It is an extra that is included on the back side of one of the releases of House of Wax, which is the remake of this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so if you get the Vincent Price House of Wax movie, you can flip it over and get this movie. The Mystery of the Wax Museum. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah uh, I, I love that night. The night that we discovered that is like, oh, what's this? We flip it over and we start watching it and go, wow, look at this. This is amazing. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a movie nobody's heard of because everybody's heard of the Vincent Price House of Wax. Nobody really knows anything about this this film that it preceded it. Okay. Uh, but they just decided to stick it on the DVD, probably mm-hmm. because it's you know. Well, it's significant. It's to the it's significant. It's related, and it probably didn't cost them anything extra to put it yeah. on the DVD. Right. Um, and so Melissa and I ended up watching this the same night that we watched House of Wax, and mm-hmm. it's very. And we will get to House of Wax, in which case uh, Jenna is probably going to know a lot more about the movie. But yes. that's that's all right. <laughs> Uh, because it's really fascinating to watch this older take on the same material, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm going to argue is better. Yeah, I'm much fonder of this movie than the Vincent Price version. In all ways oh. but one. And that that is Vincent Price. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because, obviously. as we've discussed, there's no movie so good that it could not be... No movie featuring Vincent Price that is so good it could not be improved. Mm-hmm. By more Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this movie will not have any in Vincent Price, as, as we pointed out. Yes. I'm um, so disappointed. Um, there it's, are, it's like there you are said, there. here's some candy. Nope, just kidding. I there are assholes. There is other candy to be All right. had. There is other candy to be yes. had. For instance, <laughs> uh, Fay Ray, yes. who we may know oh. from King Kong, from King Kong. Mm-hmm. is in this film. I actually only know that from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah. because we haven't we haven't ro- watched King Kong yet for a real no. education. That's got to be coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, hopefully. This film 
is directed by Michael Curtiz, and we have seen films directed by Michael Tur- Curtiz before. Yes. Uh, including Casablanca. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of connections to other movies that we've watched. This movie also, interestingly enough, features some very early color processing. Yeah, this Ooh. yeah, this movie came out in 1933 and color color processing had been around for a few years even into the silent era, but uh, this this is a film that was made in two strip technicolor. Which basically means they, they exposed the film. There, there were basically two strips of film going through the camera and one was being exposed to I think it's red light and one was being exposed to blue light. Yeah, I think it's and, red and yeah, blue. Yeah, it's red and blue. And then, um, so this movie has a really interesting sense of color. There's kind of this surrealist look to nice. it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Um, when did Wizard of Oz come out? 1939. 39. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that as a point of reference yeah, for myself. Because so it is one of the movies that I have seen that has color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- full-blown Technicolor came a few years later. Okay, yeah. no, so yeah, cool. This is where they were starting to play with that process. Yeah, okay. We need to remember that the, the technical advances in filmmaking came really fast in the yeah. early days of filmmaking. You know, from sound to this early process color to full Technicolor. Uh, you know, and and all the advances in sound that were happening, all the advances in filmmaking, in mm-hmm. film cameras, and it's just every year there's new, new technology, technology and ways to make movies, and there are filmmakers and more importantly studios that are trying to differentiate themselves by making use of the newest technology, mm-hmm. um, and and we see that even today with things like. 3D and IMAX and Pixar. stuff like that, but it's not as it's not as dramatic as it is back in the 30s, sure. where it's like every it seems like every few months they're coming out with some brand new. Hey, here's a way to watch movies that other people aren't doing. You should check out our movie because it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this is a I think a remarkable find of of a movie. Yeah, and it, it's uh, delightful. I uh, strongly urge people who are listening to check out this movie before you uh, join us for the remainder of our conversation, which of course will happen for you in mere seconds through the magic of internet audio. We'll be back. I'm gonna get even you with you, dear, you dirty skip. I'm gonna marry you. <laughs> That'll show ya. <laughs> what? <laughs> and we are back. We've just finished watching Mystery of the Wax Museum in stunning red and blue. It was fantastic. It was actually red and green. I looked it up. Red and green. Yeah, red Red and and green. green. Failure. Family fact failure. My part. Uh, But I corrected it. uh, So, Jenna, what did you think of Mystery of the Wax Museum? (sighs) That was fantastic. Up until the last five seconds, to which I say, what? (laughs) Yes. The final final moment of the film is like, somebody's like, we got got to end this. Uh, what a twist! You know, uh, with a revenge marriage, apparently. Yeah, yeah. revenge marriage. I will, I will revenge marry my editor, my publisher, whatever he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, then you know, whatever. So I don't. I what? 
Okay. When Rich Boy is down on the street, Mm -hmm. seeming, you know, like the right call. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. They, you know. Okay, so the heart wants what it wants, right? Right. (laughs) She's got this this like millionaire playboy willing to just drive her around on. Oh yeah, like. I mean, that was the other part that I was having problems with. Just, yeah, all right. I'll just yeah, drive why you not? Like, although she's got you, this guy yeah. as a chauffeur. Although you kind of you, you kind of look at Glenda Farrell's uh, character, and, and you kind of do believe that people just kind of get pulled into her wake as she there is that. just yeah. molders through life. Yeah. Because <laughs> that woman is moving at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I love watching her. I mean, that was she was the big revelation when when Tim and I watched it with a room full of people, and we're like, "Who is that? Oh my god!" Yeah, she's pretty amazing. Yeah, and Glenda Farrell is, was a, uh, a studio actress, and uh, she was best known at the time for um, she was the lead actress in a whole series of movies about a hard-boiled reporter, Torchy Lane or uh, Torchy Blaine. And uh, so she was, you know, famous for this ro- that role, and she was uh, the inspiration for Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. She could also talk at 139 words per minute, and then or 339 see. words per minute. I am I just about to say, what the, the 300, 390 words per minute. I should just look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long week, people. 390 words per minute. Torchy Blaine, series of movies. That's Linda Farrell. Okay. Yeah. There. There. I got, so it. Ba- got, got it. it. You got it. I got, got it. it. They I basically ever play the same character in this movie. Yeah. Or si- similar to it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they they the again Michael Curtiz is the director. He's um, he's this remarkable chameleon of a director. Yeah. He he was a studio guy. I mean, they just threw him at projects, and he directed pretty much all of them very well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Casablanca, of course, being uh, one of his most famous, yeah. if not the most famous movie that he directed. But uh, when you when you go and look at his filmography, it, it is pretty remarkable. I'm I'm pulling him up right now because I, I don't want to miss some of these movies that he directed. But um, yeah, he was he was also uh, one of the famous directors, you know, in the film noir genre, you know, mm-hmm. not that it was a genre at the time, it kind of became a genre after the fact, but mm-hmm. I mean, he... He has did, 172 director credits. He yeah. does, Holy shit! Yeah, one, he was two, just three, cranking them out. The year that this movie's made, he directed eight films. Yeah, he, he just... No, yeah, no big he deal. He cranked them out like you would not believe, and, and many of them are films you've never heard of, but then on the other hand, he directed The Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, he, didn't he also direct a I was a I was a fugitive on a chain gang or I think so. Or, you know, it's such a long list. You'll have to scroll list. through the list. Yeah, yeah. you have to scroll through. But yeah, he yeah, he was uh wow. a mover and shaker in early movie making. It was amazing what he turned out. Yeah. Oh my just God. all sorts of stuff. And so so he turns out this movie, which you know, it's not well known. No. Well, one of the reasons it's not well known is because it was considered a lost movie for many, many years. Nobody had a print of it. Mm-hmm. And in the 1960s, which is well after uh, the Vincent Price remake came out, uh, Jack Warner of Warner Brothers fame uh, mm-hmm. had 
uh, had this enormous private collection of movies, and a copy of this was found. So this, huh. yeah, this was it just turned up in the '60s. You know, it went missing from the. Oh many, many, my many god, years. that's fantastic! Yeah. I mean, sad but fantastic. Yeah, well, and, I mean that's that's common from this era of movie making is sure. that you know because films really I mean, there was no home video market. Well, yeah, and and also the the film stocks were you know very volatile and it was hard to preserve and you know. Early in film history, the film stock was literally explosive. So I was about to say, I yeah. learned that in Glorious Bastards. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, they, oh. it was dangerous to store the stuff. So, yeah, you'd, there were a lot of lost movies from the 20s and 30s. Oh. Yeah. And nobody really sad. knew that anybody was going to care Yeah. years right. later. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, something like this, which it has this... It's a color film from before Technicolor became Technicolor. I mean, yeah. the three, that glorious three-strip Technicolor. Oh. You had a very narrow window of time where you had these experimental uh, uh, color methods, and it didn't last very long because they were, you know, they tried out on a few films and go, oh, this doesn't work very well, and they, you know, do a new color process, and it's like, oh, this doesn't work very well, and you know, yeah. finally. Technicolor is where the three strip Technicolor is where it happened. So, but, but yeah. it gives this film. I, I find that the the two color process gives this film a really creepy kind of surreal. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, color well, and especially with some of the lighting choices because you've got this um, more than sepia, but you know, just this 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 uh, kind of peach kind of, and yeah, green this this and... this grainy, lovely thing. Uh, but then when they go to like something that's way more blue mm-hmm. you've 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 got uh just it's it's still got that kind of graininess to it but there's a, a certain almost sharpness in it in contrast mm-hmm. um because it's such a, a one color strictness that's uh mm, i'm not saying my words very well but it's well, it kind of looks like a watercolor wash yeah really there there's just this wonderful softness to it Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, especially near the end of the film, Curtis starts using, using all these beautiful lighting tricks yeah. on these wonderful sets. Yeah. And uh, kind of starts bringing in the look of the German expressionists. You know, you've got these hard angles and lines oh, and yeah. these patterns. And to create this, compl- this, this this waxing museum that could never exist in real life. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's you know, because bizarre. They, it, just, it just kind of goes into this dungeon. You're like, how oh, that... Where, what wax museum would have this big dungeon thing with and, the weird... And, and this the, big circular <laughs> spiral staircase down the side. And yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of the sets were actually from a previous movie that Michael Curtiz directed, also starring Lionel Atwill and uh, Faye Ray, I believe, uh, called Dr. X. It, same sets. So, you know, oh. they were... Recycling well, a lot. Of I was that about stuff. to say, reduce, yeah. reuse, recycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now we were also saying that uh, this film uh, features Fay Ray, who yes. uh, is also in King Kong, and she was in King Kong in 1933, the same yeah. year that this film came out. Yeah, so. it, King Kong came out just a couple months after this did. And uh, Fay Ray was the first of the screen queens. You know, oh. very famous for uh, you know doing a lot of horror genre uh, stuff in the 30s. Uh, you know, especially she does King have Kong. a fantastic screen. Oh, she does. <laughs> she does. You know, King Kong, of course, but she was also in Vampire Bat with Vincent Price and 
the d most dangerous game where, you know, people are stuck on an island being hunted, which is a pretty great movie if you haven't seen that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, of course, she's mentioned in the intro to Rocky Horror Picture yes, Show. She Whatever yes. happened to Faye Ray? That's not the intro, though. That's, That's not uh, the intro. It's oh, uh, the floor yet? show at the floor end. Floor show. Oh, yeah. see. Yeah. Frank and see, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. And that's, is that the floor yeah. show or is that the going home? No, it's the floor show. Is it? He's standing there, and there's the there's the big RKO tower, and he said, yeah. "Whatever happened to Faye Ray? That elegant yeah. satin oh, that's frame." Right. RKO, yay! As it clung to her thigh, <laughs> I started I to started. cry because I wanted to be dressed just the same. Because yeah. oh, because yeah. that's then, right. Yeah, that's because right. he's wearing women's underwear, that's that's right. Right. as Frank right. Frankenfurter yeah. does. So. <laughs> that all of the movies that I've we've talked about on this podcast this is the one that I know the most about Rocky <laughs> her. you know yeah. you know what that's fine I, that's fine <laughs> you know there are some people who are are not indoctrinated in Rocky Horror and I think they were probably lesser for it <laughs> you gotta do it at least once yeah, well, yeah. yeah. that's if, an experience that's um, an experience so I mean and I don't know how much we can how much we can really talk about this movie because we are going to watch House of Wax and, mm -hmm. and the you know Jenna's going to know a lot more about that movie simply because she's seen this one yeah. Vincent Price uh, huh. yes I'm uh, excited yeah I mean there, there are necessarily some changes between this and House of Wax because this was pre-Hayes Code so you know you've got actually got a character who's a junkie and you've got um, you know some you know, a little bit more racier stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, she talks about uh, all yeah. sorts of uh, <laughs> yeah. fun time she has. Oh, yeah, and uh, a lot of that stuff got kind of scrubbed a little bit for Aww. House of Wax. And unfortunately, so does the reporter character. <sighs> I know, she's like the most fun part of this movie. But right. then, you know, you got the trade-off. You've got Vincent Price in House of Wax. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and that, that's the... Well... And yeah. <laughs> I... There's stuff I want to say about House of Wax, but I gotta wait for House of Wax. Yeah, we gotta because, wait for House of Wax because to there's talk some about stuff in there that's that's great. But I, what happened, and, and I mentioned this in the intro, is is Melissa and uh, our friend Chris Jones and I all sat down to watch House of Wax and uh, Thing from Another World, which uh, you may or may not remember is the film that was later remade into John Carpenter's The Thing, or more appropriately, was based on the same short story. Right. That John Carpenter's The Thing was based on. And we were like, well, let's watch these classic horror movies. They both come out on video in the, the previous couple of weeks. And, and we watched them, and you know, they're all pretty short, and so it wasn't that late at night. And we're like, hey. What's this? There's this other movie <laughs> on the same DVD with House of Wax. Well, let's check that out and see what's going on. Uh, and, and we were just like blown away because none of us had heard of this movie. None of us knew that House of Wax had been based on another film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then, we were just blown away by the experience. And then we were like, wow, this yeah. movie has so many things about it that are so much better. Yeah. You know, one of which is the color processing. Just, you know, it's kind of amazing to think that, that, that the color processing here would be better than the color in House of Wax. But <laughs> there's just something about it that really uh, creates this off-kilter mm -hmm. yeah. sense of, uh, of, of what's going on that, that really makes it kind of cool. Um, you know the moment when the when the museum catches fire at the beginning of the movie, and you're watching oh, those yeah. faces melt. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> and again, there's something about the color processing that really 
affects the way it looks. Um, and yeah, there definitely is a, an, an inspiration from German Impressionism uh, that you can see in the in the use of angles and the use of light. Mm-hmm. Um, the way people will walk through doors and you'll just see the one one uh, one bit of light cast from the door. Yep. Yeah. Shaft of light it's cast just, from the door. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, um, I, um, I'm yes. sorry. I didn't... <laughs> you have, you have okay. more. I do have more. I've... Uh, you know, it, it's kind of sad that Lionel Atwill kind of gets uh, forgotten about because Vincent Price plays the same role later, and of course everybody remembers Vincent Price, but Lionel Atwill here, you know, as the 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 man behind the Wax Museum, uh, very interesting actor from this era, um, not well remembered these days because he died in 1946, um, mm. and uh, but you know during this time he led a very uh, interesting and unfortunate life um, he, he, he had a very when he was working he had a very nice set of performances particularly in genre stuff like this uh, he was one of the people who, who was in a lot of the Frankenstein films he was in five of the eight Frankenstein films wow. and uh, most notably he was playing uh, inspe- was it Inspector Krogh the guy who the he was playing the character that Kenneth Mars based the inspector character on in Young Frankenstein, so he was the 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 German inspector the guy. Liar. The, yeah, an ugly teen. Yes, that guy. That, that guy. guy. <laughs> that guy. That guy. I think it is about time we had one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, shortly after this. Uh, Lionel Atwill had a series of misfortunes. Um, he was actually born wealthy, so he had a, a huge number of houses. But, uh, like, in 1935, his mansion burned down. And in 1936, he had two houses along the California coast, and they were both washed into the ocean. In 1937, he had a house in Massachusetts that was broken into a number what? of times. And, you know, a series of divorces. Oh and the really fun stuff happened in 1943 when... I'm sorry, I need to pause yeah, for a second. Fun? Yeah, are there air quotes here? <laughs> yeah. I need to pause yeah, for a second. Air quotes. What insurance company <laughs> would look at his track record for houses yeah. and be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, just, I, no, no, no more, no, no more. Sorry. So the, the real unfortunate stuff that happened in 1943, um, he was apparently very... He, well, he wasn't famous for it, but, you know, insider famous for holding the really wild parties, like orgies and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was, you know, kind of kept on the down low so it wouldn't get into the press. But eventually there was this one party, you know, where, you know, naked actors happened and um, there were pornographic films and all that. And unfortunately... Uh, there was a woman who was raped at the party. Mm. Not by Lionel Atwell, but by somebody else. And there was a trial investigating the rape, and so all this the wild party stuff came you know, came up with it into sure. the public eye. And um, Atwell was called to testify in like one of two trials that were related to it, and he he lied a lot to protect the identities of a lot of people at the party and was indicted for perjury and he eventually was uh cleared 
not necessarily perjury, perjury, but like he was convicted for like five years probation and then his record was expunged later for whatever reason. But by that time, the Hayes Code was it basically blacklisted him from working. So Aww. his his career collapsed, and three years later, he passed away. So it's it's a bummer. That's so, man. Yeah. Yeah, Lionel Atwell. Poor Lionel Atwell. Actor and pervert. Actor uh, and pervert. <laughs> So, yeah. all right. Well, that, yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry to bring down the tone here. <laughs> oh, poor Lionel yeah. Atwell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rich man whose house is washed into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, multiple times. Was later eclipsed in a year. by Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but we will fondly remember Kenneth Mars playing his character in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> uh, okay, so any other uh, details on your fabulous trivia list there, Melissa? Uh, is this the final thoughts section? Yeah, we're reaching final thoughts. All right, I think, I think All it's right about final, final thoughts. Thought I, I, my final thought is um, a lot of the wax statues were played by people because yeah. the wax would melt under the studio lights. Oh. And you can actually see Queen, Vic- I think it was Queen Victoria blinking. <laughs> yeah. Did like you that. notice that too? It's like, oh, she's blinking. Yep. There, there were a couple of spots, and I was going to bring like, that up. Yeah. Like, where I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah, those moved. are people. Yeah. It, it's also a lot easier to dress people up than make really realistic statues like that. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, final thoughts. I'm just, I'm so in love with the reporter character. Like, the, just that, the grabbing the booze. This is my cut. Like, Yes, woman, you go. Oh yeah, and how great oh. is it? This is during Prohibition, and right, and it, and it so reveals that that oh, we found a crate of alcohol. <laughs> Who cares? Who Y'all. cares? We thought it was gonna be a body. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, Prohibition, maybe a bit of a joke. So well, and I also I really liked how the the judge side case thing got woven into it like there was there was a lot going on that all just kind of pulled together in that story and that was fantastic oh yeah like, i really enjoyed just the how many little bits and pieces came together to make that story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. yeah very very clever little film uh so i hope you enjoyed watching it and listening to us talk about it so my final thought of course is to let you know that we are going to be recording live at the trilon theater on December 28th. 21st. 21st. I take it back. It's the 21st. What did I say the 28th when I meant the 21st? It's the 21st. We're going to be watching Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. So you should come out to the Trilon. Check it out. Uh, we'll be recording that. And then uh, that will be our next episode. So thanks for joining us for this one. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of A Real Education. Goodbye. Bye. Yay. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.